This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So I was telling the Rav, I give, I give a share every Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Tuesday night for boys, Wednesday night for girls. For some reason, things happen always on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and it's sort of a little bit of a message to me that whatever happened is something that I should talk about. So I dived in a, a minion, Baruch Hashem, a non-talking minion. We started at 8.30. We finished diving at about 10.15. We have a little kiddish, and I'm usually home by 10.30. They don't talk much at the kiddish. Everybody's a little herring, a little fuggle, and they're out of there. Today, for some reason, the discussion somebody brought up, there was a, a very big tzaddik who it was written in a news, few newspapers that his son or someone came to the table on Shabbos, and he wasn't wearing a yarmulke, and this Gadol did not say anything to this son. And later on, the son became about tshuva, and they asked him what, was, what happened, what changed, and he said, because I came to the table, and I wasn't asked to put on my yarmulke. Oh, yeah, niche, that was what was brought down to the table. And of course, they turned to me, and they said, Wallstein, if it was your son, and he came to the Shabbos table, and he wasn't wearing a yarmulke, what would you do? And I said, I don't have that problem. And they said, why? I said, because I have five daughters, I don't have any sons. <laughs> But hypothetically, hypothetically, what would you do? So I said, I would pull my son to the side. Again, I'm not, I'm not judging why he's not wearing a yarmulke. I'm not going to get into that whole subject matter. But what, what would you tell your son? Or would you say anything? Or would you be like that guy and not say anything? I said, I would pull him to the side and say, listen, I'm not getting into the Judaism part of it. Maybe he was traumatized. I'm, I'm not getting into that part. I said, but I would say, listen, your mother worked very hard to cook the Shabbos food. I worked very hard to raise the money that we could buy food for Shabbos and we could have silverware and we could have china and we could have silver cups on the table and that this is a Shabbos table. I worked very hard to, to make this happen and your mother worked very hard the food that you're about to sit down and eat at the table without your yarmulke it's something your mother worked very hard. You have to have hakara satov, which is a word that this generation, the Rav asked me, what's the situation today? I didn't really want to get into it. I wanted to stay happy. But I said, there's one thing that this generation is struggling with, and therefore they're struggling with kibbutz of aim. They're struggling with marriage. All the struggles they have are based on ingrates, not, not appreciating what they have. Because if you appreciate your wife, you have shalom bias. If you appreciate your parents, you have kibbutz aim. If you appreciate HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you have a relationship. The basis of Judaism is based on HaKadosh Baruch So all the guys at the table said to me, Wallerstein, you're prehistoric. It ain't going to help. You're going to tell him that your wife cooked this food and you bought all this stuff, it's not going to work. I said, I disagree, and it's not prehistoric. In this week's Pasha by Yeshev, there's a medrash that says that when Potiphar's wife came to Yosef and said, let's do a sin together, Yosef said, I have two reasons I can't be with you. Reason number one, I'm a Jew. You're a guy. So that's not going to work. Reason number two, 
you're married. I'm, I don't do this kind of, I don't commit adultery. Not going to happen. But Potiphar's wife was very smart. Chidosh says she was very, very smart. And a, a big sorceress. And she said to Yosef HaTzadik, if those are the two reasons, then we could be together. Number one, my marriage is not consummated. I'm not going to get into the whole Rashi, but, but Potiphar bought Yosef for himself. He was not, he was on, a little bit on the, on the other side, and therefore he was not interested in a woman, and therefore there's a whole sister Chachamim and a whole Rashi. Bottom line is that ma- marriage was never consummated according to Jewish law. So she was not married according to Jewish law, number one. Number two, she said, look at the stars. In the stars, they were both, Yosef knew how to be a stargazer. The Medrash says they looked into the stars and she, he could see that from him and her were coming Ephraim and Manasseh. So she said, if Hashem didn't want you to marry me, how could it be that these two children are coming from you and me? Of course, she read it wrong, he read it wrong. Ephraim and Manasseh were coming from Osnas. Osnas was Bas Petifera. So yes, it was coming from her, even though she was adopted, but it was coming from Osnas, who was her daughter. So what she saw was right, but it wasn't coming from her and Yosef. It was coming from Osnas and Yosef. So now Yosef had a problem, everybody. He gave her two reasons, and she destroyed both reasons. So she said to him, so now what? I'm not married, and Hashem seems to be showing in the stars that we're going to have two very special children together. And this is what I told the young men around the table this morning after our Kiddush. By your mind, he refused. By He did not say the reason he can't be with her is because she's not Jewish. He did not say the reason is because you're married. He said the following. My master gave me everything except for you. How could I do this? The greatest sin to God is to be an ingrate. This man, you're married to him, you're not married to him, we're going to have Jewish children, we're not going to have Jewish children. But the bottom line is, he's given me everything. He's taken care of me, he gave me the keys to everything in the house. The greatest sin I could do to God is to be an ingrate. And therefore, by and Yosef, I said, this is after prehistoric times. Well, let's go on to the end of the Pasha. And the beginning of next week's Pasha, Miketz. So he translates the dreams. And he says the following. When things are good, his expectations, very interesting Pasuk, Rashi says. He didn't ask him to remember him until he gets back his position and he's in a good place. In other words, I understand when you come right out, you may not be in a good place, but when you're in a good place, you're in a good place, at least think of me. And that's what he asked him. What this guy Get me out of here. 
and get me out of jail. So rem- remember me to Paro. Pasha's Miketz next week's Parsha. What happens? He has a dream, Paro. And what does the Sarhamashkim say? My sin. The same words that Yosef used. I'm, I remember my sin. And then he just goes off and he says, that Paro threw me into jail and you threw the Sarolifim into jail and there was a Jew and he translated the dreams and he was right about me and he was right about... He doesn't say his sin. He doesn't say that Yosef asked me that when things are good to remind mind and talk to Paro and get me out of jail. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say what his sin was. He just says there was a Jew and he, and I, and he, and he translated my dream. Why? He didn't tell him what his sin was. He opened up the conversation and he says, I remember my sin. There was this Jewish man. He translated. And he told me to mention him and get him out of the dungeon. He never said that. Ladies and gentlemen, he didn't have to say that. His sin was that he was troubled because he had a dream that he didn't understand. And this Jewish kid translated it for me. And that I didn't do anything for him is chatasi, is the greatest sin. I had no hakaras hatoiv. He didn't have to say, he told me to talk to you, he told me to get you out of there. That is the greatest sin. Says Yosef Atzadik, you're right, you're not married, and you're right to start gazing, and you're right about everything. But how do I hurt someone? How do I come to a table without a yarmulke when my mother, the food I'm eating, is the one who cooked it? And that's what I would tell my son. And it was Lebedic, let me tell you, I didn't get home till 12.10. I usually get home till 10.20. And it has a lot to do with Hanukkah. And it answers an amazing kasha on Hanukkah. And then I'll just tell you a short story about the ability of, of helping someone on a level greater than what Yosef asked. Yosef said, when things are good, rem- remember me, that there are people in this world and when things are bad and they're going through their own stuff, they have the ability to help others. But this answers an unbelievable question on Hanukkah. In Alanisim, we say by benching and we say by davening. It goes through the whole war. Rav Tezrivam, right? Mosata, Gibyon Be'achaloshim, Ram Be'amiyatim. It talks about the whole war. And when it comes to talking about the menorah, it says nothing about the miracle. We came into the base of Mikdash, we cleaned it up, we made it tahar. The hidlika in neiros bechatzres kachecha, and we lit the neiros in the chatzer, and it should say, and it was supposed to last for one day, and it lasted for eight days. It seems to be that it's left out on purpose. If you're not talking about the menorah altogether, I understand that you're not going to talk about the miracle, but you're talking about the menorah, and you're saying that you lit the menorah in the chatzer. The kabbush one is elu, and we have eight days. What's going on over here? It doesn't say one word in Alanisim about the miracle of the candles. And the essence 
the name of our holiday is Hanukkah. And the essence of a yontiv, Pesach, Sheposach. Every yontiv, Purim, there was a hippo poor. If, is the essence of Hanukkah the war? Was the essence of Hanukkah the candles? Ask any kid, what's Hanukkah? One day, eight days. We don't celebrate the miracle of the war, which if you learn Megillus Hashmanoim, was unbelievable. We, we don't even understand who the Greek Empire was. This was America with nuclear, they, they were the biggest, and they had five Kohanim. Five Kohanim and their father, Matas against the Greek Empire, and we took down Bagrius, we took them all down. Antiochus, Bagrius, boats, ships, mercenaries. It's not normal. And there's no celebration at all from the war. We eat latkes, full of oil. We eat sabganius, full of oil. It happens to me in my family, there's, I'm not going to say who it is. She's unbelievable. She makes mamish latkes that are nisim. They're miracles. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You eat them one day and they burn for eight. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to say who it is. Because she might hear the recording and she won't be happy with me. But, but there's not, there's not, we don't take a Maccabee. We don't blow up a Maccabee and put it out front, in front of our house. There's nothing. There's no remembrance whatsoever except an Alanisim. Everything is Menaira, oil in your window. How high, how low, Mahadrin, Mahadrin, Mena Mahadrin. But the essence of the Yantif, Chanu Chafhei, is they rested on the 25th. So what is this Yantif about? Candles, then why don't you talk about an Alanisim? The war, so why don't we celebrate it at all? Terrace is beautiful, Terrace is amazing. The war, the Kosh Baruch Hu did for us. We were in Gullus, we were being persecuted, we were being murdered, they killed many Jews who kept Shabbos, they smoked them out, they suffocated them, we were suffering, the Kosh Baruch Hu said enough, enough assimilation, it's going to be a miracle. It's going to be a war. Unbelievable. We, in a good marriage, right? You don't talk about what you do good for your wife. You talk about what your wife does good for you. What does your wife talk about? What you do good for her. You don't talk about yourself. So the name of the Yontif, we're talking, do you know what Hashem did for us? He wiped out the whole Greek empire. When we, when we bench, right? When we're saying moidim, and then comes Alanisim. We're thanking Hashem for what He did for us. So we called it Hanukkah. Because Baruch Hu said, no. It's not about what I did for you. It's about what you did for me. Tumo Hutra You could have come back, and let me tell you, if you really know the story, it wasn't such a happy story. Because when they came back to the base of Migdash, Yehuda Hamakabi was dead. He was their leader. The brother Eliezer, or Elazar, died under, they were looking for him, he, was, he died under an elephant. Nebuch, they, they got beat, they got, it wasn't easy. And they came back to this base HaMikdash. Kla Yisrael, you have to understand, it was the Kahanim. And I talk about it because I'm a client, it was the Kahanim. They came back to this base HaMikdash. It's a mess. It's a total mess. So the first thing they do is, this is our base HaMikdash. We don't work in a mess. So Ufinus Hechalecha. The first thing they did is they cleaned out the base Hamikdash, and then they said Tumahotu B'tzivur, Tumahotu B'tzivur. They had many cans. They didn't need a miracle from Hashem, and Akash Baruch Hu doesn't make a miracle unless it's necessary. But they said 
We are not using a hector. We are not settling. We are lighting the base of Menorah and the base of Midrash for the first time. We are going to give Hashem purity. We're not using a hector. So they searched. And in, in the answer, the 144 answers, why there's eight days, not seven days. The first day wasn't a miracle. It's brought down that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a nace that he put a Pach Shemen while they were searching that wasn't even there. It wasn't even there. He created a nace, that whole Pach Shemen was a nace. Was it Yaakov's Pach Shemen, whatever it was, was a nace. We forced a miracle. We said, we're not using Tomei oil. We'll light pure oil and we searched and we found purity. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, no, the Yantav is not about me. The Yantav is about you. And I want you to put a menorah in your window to show the Jews, not the Goyim, to show us that there was a time, there was a time in Jewish history where Jews didn't settle. They didn't settle. They had a Hector. But they wanted to give me something pure. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a Korosat Toiv to Klai Yisrael. And he says, forget about the Maccabee. Forget about the giant in your front lawn. I want everyone to know. And the candle is very small. And the Goyim, they have all these Kratzmach stuff and lights and everything else. The, the miracle that we're showing everyone else is very small. Yes, we had a lot of oil, but it was tummy. And even though we could use it, we found a little oil. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling all of us in this room, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us every single Hanukkah, I, I don't need the big stuff. It's not about the big stuff. Just give me something. Something little, something pure. And if you give that to me, Klai Yisrael, I will do miracles for you. So Hanukkah is about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hanukkah, Chanukah, Hei, Al Hanisim, look what you did in the war. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no, it's HaKadosh HaTov to Klal Yisrael. That you went and searched and didn't use a heter, and you gave me something special. And that's what we're celebrating for the next eight days. We're celebrating the Jews who didn't settle. We're celebrating the Jews who searched till they found something pure to give HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore the whole yontiv is about oil. And about candles, and about Mahadrin, and about Mahadrin Mina Mahadrin, because that's who we were in those days. It's not prehistoric. It's not prehistoric to have a Korosatoiv. It's human. It's Jewish. And it's something we have to bring back. Because if you don't have a Korosatoiv, you don't have Kibbutz of the Aim. And if you don't have a Korosatoiv, you don't have a relationship with God, and you don't have a relationship with each other. And when you light that candle, that's how HaKar's HaTai from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to show the world, you guys, what you did for me, I want everyone to know. And when we say, Al-Hanisim by Maidim, we're saying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, no, no, the oil, eh, yeah, we, we searched, we found, that's not a big deal. So we don't even mention the miracle in Al-Hanisim. We're like, it's all about you. We go through the whole thing because we're saying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, thank you. And therefore, I ended up my discussion this morning. I said, that boy, whatever he's going through, whatever he is, if you explain it to him correctly, he'll tell his mother and his father, I never thought of it this way. And he'll put his yarmulke on his head. Maybe not because he believes in Hashem, and maybe not because he believes in the religion, but his respect to what his parents, what he's eating at the table. 
what's at the table, that there is a table, that there is a house. Never give up on that concept. The guys in shul sitting by me, they're like, it's not, it's not happening. I'm like, no, it is happening. That's what Hanukkah is all about. So I want to end with, maybe some of you heard it, but it's like the most fascinating story, and it's true. Not it could be true, it is true. It was checked in 12 different ways because of the book that I saw it in. There's no story written in that book unless it's checked 12 different ways. So there was a nursing home. I believe it was in Arkansas. The names may have been changed. But there was a Mr. Lefkowitz that lived in this nursing home. And there was two men in every single room except his room. He was a painter. He was an artist. And he wanted to be alone in his room. So he paid for both beds. One day, the owner of the nursing home calls him up. He says, we have a problem. There's a Mr. Friedman who wants to come to the nursing home. And for the next 30 days, we don't have another bed. Could he stay in your room? Lefkowitz was a really nice man. He said, no problem. So they wheeled this Friedman into his room. And they put him in the bed next to Lefkowitz. And Lefkowitz never had lost both his legs to, to diabetes. He gets into the wheelchair. He rolls over to Friedman. He says, Mr. Friedman, it is a pleasure to have you as a guest in my room. Mr. Friedman was a miserable, angry old man. And he's like, don't talk to me. Don't come over to my bed. I don't want to be here. My kids put me here. Leave me alone. Left with the whole holder. I'm doing you a favor. This is not the energy in my room. I don't want no energy. I don't believe in any energy. I, I want to get out of here. Leftwich picks up the phone. He says, calls the owner. He says, listen, no deal. You get him out of here tomorrow. I can't. This is, I don't want to deal with this guy. Middle of the night, Lefkowitz wakes up. He hears Friedman crying. Gets into his wheelchair, rolls over to Friedman's bed. What's going on? Why are you crying? Starts screaming at him, get away from me. It's none of your business. He says, I'm not moving until I know why you're crying. Yeah, come look at me. Come closer, look at me. He says, you're not exactly the best looking guy in the world, but not. you shouldn't be crying about it. He says, no, look at my eyes. He says, your eyes don't look so bad. He goes, you fool. I'm blind. I'm blind. I don't see anything. I live in a world of darkness, Mr. Lefkowitz. I don't see my children and my grandchildren, Mr. Lefkowitz, Mr. Happy Lefkowitz. Now get away from my bed. And Lefkowitz, I'm so sorry. They didn't tell me. I didn't know. I would have never stopped. I'm I'm not going to bother you. And and, Fine. Wheels back. He says, one second. You know, I'm an artist. Listen. You lost your vision how long ago? He says, 10 years ago. He says, but you used to see. I'm going to go to the window in the room by sunrise. Give me a half an hour in the morning, and I'm going to describe to you, and you're going to be able to imagine what I'm saying. You're going to be able to see, even though you're blind. He says, you're going to leave me alone, you crazy guy. Go away. I don't want to be with you. Whatever. I'll make you a deal. You let me do it tomorrow morning. You don't like it. I won't come to your side of the room for the next 30 days. For that... Whatever you want. Next morning, 5.30 in the morning. Friedman! It's 5.30, get up! Sun's rising! And he starts describing nimbus, cumulus, all the, cra- the, the, the clouds, and the light, and the park across the street, and the seesaws, and the, and the, and, and the hydrant, and, and for half an hour. But unbelievably how he describes everything. Okay, he's finished. It's a half an hour. He says, so Friedman, how was it? Friedman says, it wasn't anything. We're done. You stay in your side of the room. I'm out of here. And that's it. 30 days. An hour later, he says to him, you know, I have to tell you the truth. I'm lying. It was pretty cool. You know, when you started describing everything, I saw it in my head. 
You want to do it again tomorrow? To make a long story short, as it says in the book, this went on for a year. He didn't throw them out. They became best friends. And he would sit there all day, not just in the morning, the, 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 the fall, the spring, the snow, the summer, the, the B-12 bus, the lady went on the bus, the poodle. He was busy with them, the, the little dipper, the big dipper, the half a moon, a whole moon. Forget about it. They were inseparable. Everyone knew. One day, Friedman calls Lefkowitz over. He says, in the book he called them Lefko. He says, you know, Lefko, I have to tell you something. I see more now with you when I'm blind than I saw when I had my eyes. I never saw a little dipper or a big dipper. I never looked at a park. I, I, I just lived my life. Like, you're amazing. I love you. A month later, it's over a year now, a month later, he wakes up in the morning, Friedman, and he feels it's very late. And Lefkowitz used to wake him up at sunrise. And he starts screaming, Lefkowitz, Lefkowitz, where are you? Nothing. He pulls the wire, the, the string. The nurse comes walk, running in. What's wrong? He says, is Lefkowitz in the bathroom? She goes, no, where is he? She says, I'm really sorry, Mr. Freeman. In the middle of the night, he had chest pains. We took him to the hospital. and a massive heart attack, he passed away. The funeral's today at 1 o'clock. He starts screaming, Friedman, you took my eyes away again. I can't believe it. And he turns to the nurse and he says, what time is it? She says, 8 o'clock. He goes, hurry up. You know what happens at 8 o'clock every day? The B-13 comes to the corner and this Michigan lady, whether it's the summer, she wears this yellow, heavy yellow coat with a red hat and she has a white poodle. Just tell me, is she getting on the bus this morning? The nurse says, what? Run, it's going to be 801. She's going to, it's going to leave. Run to the... She goes, what are you talking about? Run to the window. Just tell me if you see the bus. It's a true story. She goes, there is no window. What are you, what are you talking about? She says, the, the building is connected to an apartment building. There's no window on Lefkowitz's side. Friedman says, what are you, crazy? You're playing with a blind man? You think this is funny? What are you talking about? He gets out of his bed. And he starts, he goes, he, he falls over, he gets to Lefkowitz's wall, and he starts feeling the wall, and he's screaming, Window! Window! Up and down, there's no window. He says to the nurse, I want to go to the funeral. I want to speak to his children and his grandchildren. They dress him up, they take him to the funeral. He gets up, and he says, Listen, and this is Mamish, from this past week's parsha, from Vayeshev, he says, listen, everybody, there are good people in this world. And they, they, will, they will actually sit at a window for a blind man and describe everything that they see. And those are very good people. He says, but your father and grandfather was an angel. Do you know why? Because he had the same wall that I had. There was no window. He saw nothing. And he took his wall and turned it into a window for me. That's not a human being. That's an angel. Says Rashi, Yosef understood that when the Sarah Mashkim has a wall, he's definitely not going to remember him. So he said, when you're back to your position and you're happy and you're in a good place, remember me. Lefkowitz was bigger than that. And there are people in Clydesville, I could tell you, that got their own problems. And they're going through their own stuff. But they still make windows for people who have walls. That's pure. 
That's the oil of Hanukkah. That's purity. I got my own stuff. You know, you go to people when they have everything's great, they'll help you. But then when they have their own stuff, like, Sakai, I'm really sorry, but I got my own stuff right now. I can't help you. But when you have your own stuff, and you're willing to sit at your own wall and your own anxiety and stuff that you're going through, and it doesn't matter when there's another Jew that has a wall and you make a window for them, that's the little oil. That's the pure oil. The pure oil that's in the Menorah, the first drop of the olive, the purity. That's why they had to wait eight days, seven days. And every person in this room has that ability. And I very much feel that the rub of this shul, one thing he's known for, he says it the way it is. He's pure. He's straight. He deals with people who have walls. You can't be a rub and not. And through his shiurim and through his love and his rebbitzin together, he makes windows where there are walls. So I want to give everyone a bracha. There's a wall that I was just by last week called the Kaisal Maravi. It has no windows. It has weeds, papers, cracks, no windows. So Amalek said in Shirashirim that Akash Baruch will watch us from the windows and from the charachim, from the cracks in the wall, what's the difference? When mommy says goodbye to her son, her little child going to the bus, the kid can turn around and see mommy waving. That's when we had a base amigdash, everyone. But when there's a crack in the wall, a Baruch Hu can see us. But when we turn around, he's nister. We just see a wall with cracks. But maybe if Klai Yisrael takes each other's walls and turns them into windows. Mida Kenege Mida. Akash Baruch Hu put the windows back in the wall in the coming of the Beis HaMikdash. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com